Welcome to the Holistic Hotties Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Mansfield, and I'm on a mission to help you feel good naked. Not just with your clothes off, but with your masks off. Completely you, completely naked. I want to help you fall so in love with yourself that you can't help but feel good naked. I'm a certified holistic health coach, meditation teacher, and yoga teacher traveling around the world to further satiate a curiosity for all things healing and true. Feeling good naked is so much more than eating healthily, the bubble baths, and the spa days. It's that deep sense of security, that deep sense of safety in your own body. Here, we're going to talk about how to overcome the roadblocks, the mindsets, the beliefs, and the self-imposed limitations that are keeping you from embodying the most radiant, holistically hot version of you. By pressing play, you're one step closer to feeling good naked. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Holistic Hotties. I'm so glad you're here, sandwiched in between your headphones and wanting to have a conversation with me. I just had a lovely morning. I'm house sitting for my nanny family, and they have a sauna and a cold plunge. So, whenever I house sit or dog sit, I, you know, love taking advantage of those amenities. (laughs) It is so awesome. And it's just so expansive for me to be in a home in an environment that has, you know, a cold plunge, a sauna, just all of the things that I aspire to have in my own home one day. And so that is where the inspiration for today's topic came from, which is all about how to metabolize envy and let it fuel you, which I'm excited to talk about because envy is such a real feeling. It is such a strong, potent, emotion and at times overwhelming, like all consuming this feeling of envy, of being envious of somebody else's life, of somebody else's abundance, of somebody else's relationship. And instead of letting envy rule you, instead of letting envy dictate the way that you show up, the way that you live your life, How can we use envy as a means to illuminate what we desire and as a means to draw us more into alignment in our lives? So that's what we're going to dive into. (laughs) Yay. I'm excited. (laughs) So I quickly want to touch on my relationship with envy and how it's evolved. I used to marinate in feelings of envy and feelings of jealousy, and they are different. I will make a little bit of a distinction. So envy is the feeling when we lack a desired attribute or lifestyle or belonging or relationship that we see somebody else has. And jealousy is when we feel a sense of danger, when we feel threatened that what we have can be taken away. And I want to make that distinction because I think a lot of times people think that the two are synonymous. They conflate envy with jealousy and they're quite different. They're quite distinct feelings in our body. They're triggered by different scenarios, by different circumstances in our lives. So in this episode specifically, we will be talking about envy. So that feeling when we lack something that we desire that somebody else has and Again, I used to marinate in both of those feelings, but a lot of envy, a lot of looking outside of where I was in my life, looking at other people, whether it be on social media, whether it just be my friends even, and seeing what they had, seeing what they were creating in their lives, and then coming back to self without knowing this was all happening subconsciously, just under the radar and completely affecting how I showed up in every single relationship that I had. 
but I would come back to self and the beliefs, the thoughts that would then spiral that these people, that these things, that these lifestyles would trigger were, I can't have that. They get to have that, but I can't have that. And so that emotion, that that belief, those thoughts trigger, that that is envy, that feeling of just resentment and anger and like everything is unfair, injustice, like life is happening to you and other people around you get to experience abundance, get to experience all of the pleasures that life has to offer, but I don't. So poor me. So there's something wrong with me. And then it comes into this whole shame spiral and feeds the cycle of self-loathing because I'm not good enough to have what they have. And again, this is all subconscious. So what we're talking about in this episode is noticing when our body, when our nervous system is in this state, when we are steeped and marinating in envy, becoming aware of it is the first step. And then, oh my gosh, there's so much power in noticing when we're feeling envy and then using that to fuel our decisions, using that to fuel our work, our practices, using that to fuel what we're creating. Because what envy ultimately is, is just an emotion, a tool to illuminate what we desire, what we want. And when we see it like that, whenever we feel envious, we begin to be grateful for the feeling, for the experience of envy, because then we get to turn around and say, thank you. I didn't even know that I desired that so badly, but now I know and great, I'm going to go create it because I can have it too. It's just such an empowered place to live in as opposed to they get to experience it they get to have it. I don't. Because what comes from that is isolation, resentment. We begin to poison the soil of these relationships. I'm at the point in my life where I'm not willing to surround myself with people who are not there to be 100% my cheerleader and vice versa. My intention with every single person in my life, woman, man, sibling, cousin, family member, is to cheerlead for them, to remind them of their power, to be so stoked on where they are on their journey, but ultimately just be there to cheer them on, be there to hold their hand energetically (laughs) as they move through their journey and everything they create, celebrate, 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 celebrate (laughs) because rising tides raise all ships. There's enough for everybody. And what you create is so wonderful because all it does is give me permission to create the exact same or more. So you can imagine when you're showing up in any dynamic with envy, despite how much you think you're concealing it, people can feel it. People can feel when you're not genuinely happy for them. People can feel when they achieve something and as a result, you feel smaller. People can feel that. And again, it rots a relationship. It rots the soil of any dynamic that you're in because no one wants to be in that. A healthy person who is choosing to surround themselves with healthy individuals will not tolerate that. So (laughs) that being said, I'm going to move into five steps, if you will, or just five points to notice when you're feeling and when you're in this space of envy and how to alchemize that into fueling your desires, fueling your power to create fueling your creativity, fueling your limitless potential to literally create whatever you want in this life. Number one, notice the sensations in your body when you're feeling envious. 
where do they live? What do they feel like? And this is so important because the more we're able to tune into when our body is dysregulated, we can pinpoint what the trigger is. We can pinpoint who the trigger is. We can pinpoint what circumstance triggered us. And then we have so much information. We have so much information to dive deep and figure out why. Why do I feel triggered by this person, this achievement, this abundance, this relationship, whatever it is, why do I feel triggered by it? But that first step is noticing when we're triggered. So often we bulldoze past that feeling of dysregulation because we're so used to being in it all of the time. (laughs) So we don't even notice when we react, when our nervous system's heightened, or maybe we notice we react, but we just chalk it up to being stressed. We don't take the time to analyze why, what triggered me? Why am I triggered? Why do I feel this searing heat in my body? Why do I feel resentment for my friend for achieving this, for getting that promotion, for going on an extravagant trip with their lover? Like, why is that triggering? You know, like giving yourself the permission and the compassion to drop into your body and notice where the feeling lives and how it feels. And just becoming familiar with it in your body. And that's why I love yoga. One of the million reasons, but one thing it does for you is drop you into your body. You are tuned into the sensations you're feeling in the micro muscles, in every cell of your body, in pinky toes, in the pinky fingers, like in every cell of your body, you're tuned into what you're feeling. And then that translates over off the mat into noticing when you're dysregulating your nervous system, noticing how your body feels day to day, conversation to conversation, interaction to interaction. It gives you that permission to notice what is going on because we're in constant communication with the world and our body is our way of communicating with self. It's our way of metabolizing everything that we're experiencing and filtering it through our self, capital S, our beliefs, our narratives, our stories, but our body is what's communicating when there is a misalignment there. When our beliefs, our stories are not in alignment with our highest self, our body steps in and tells us with feelings of envy, with feelings of dysregulation, with feelings of anxiety. These are all just communication from the body to self. And so when we get to listen, when we drop in, there's so much information in there. And we, over time, begin to feel more safe in our body to feel these things. So instead of bulldozing past them, instead of numbing the feeling, we get to feel them and use it as information, use it as a catalyst to grow, to expand, to choose something different in every moment moving forward. So then step two is accept when you're feeling envious, take that trigger, take that circumstance, find a safe place wherever that is for you in that moment and accept that you're feeling envious because what tends to happen is we feel envious and then we shame ourselves for feeling that. (laughs) You're a horrible friend, you're a horrible person, you're a horrible XYZ for feeling this emotion when in reality, we need to be able to feel the emotion, accept that we're feeling it and then cultivate compassion for ourselves. Cultivate compassion for the fact that somewhere along your journey, you believed or you were programmed to believe that you can't have everything you desire, that you can't have that thing that somebody else has. You were programmed to believe that somewhere along your journey and it's not true. So cultivate compassion for the fact that you are feeling envious, cultivate compassion for this fact that somewhere along the way you started to believe that a lifestyle, a thing, a relationship, 
ultimately a desire was not for you, yet it was for somebody else because it's not true. And as soon as we're able to hold that emotion, hold that experience compassionately, tenderly, then we have so much freedom to evolve, to transform, to choose something different in the next moment, in the next fork in the road where we're met with the same trigger, where we're met with envy again. Does that make sense? (laughs) And it may feel intangible, right? Like it may feel really just esoteric and like these are just a bunch of beautiful words, like have compassion for yourself and accept everything you feel. And I get that. However, over time, it's a practice. It is a practice noticing when you're triggered, coming back to self, finding stillness. So for me, that's dropping into meditation, coming into meditation, sitting with the emotion, sitting with the experience of envy and allowing it. And then for me, the way that works is going into some inner child work and holding that inner child and saying, baby girl, this is not true. You can have everything you want. You can create everything you desire and you are safe. You are safe to do so. You are safe to feel this in this moment and you are safe to live abundantly. You are safe to create. So that's how it looks for me. (laughs) But ultimately, the point here is once you notice where it lives, how it lives, how it moves in your body, setting aside time to become still and hold it, allow for it, cultivate compassion. Okay. And then number three, once you've created that safety in your body, in yourself to feel that emotion, feel that experience, then we get to start gently probing. Then we get to start asking ourselves, when did I believe I couldn't have that? Why do I believe I can't have that? Why does a part of me want to keep myself from having it? That's a big one. (laughs) That is a big one. Asking yourself, what part of you is getting off on the fact that you don't get to have that? Getting off on the struggle, getting off on watching other people thrive, watching other people be abundant while you stay small. There's a part of you that feels safe being small and asking yourself, What would happen if you had that too? What are you protecting yourself from if you were to obtain that? For example, if you were to become extremely abundant, what are you scared of happening? And that illuminates so many of our stories around abundance, around success, around intimacy. Because when we're honest with ourselves, envy is illuminating what we desire. So then we get to dive in and ask ourselves, what is blocking us from creating that desire? How are we blocking ourselves from creating that desire in our lives? And since we're blocking ourselves, what are the stories that are keeping that desire over there, that are keeping that desire away from us? And it's usually stories about what that thing will do to us, to our lives, to the people that we love in our lives. And once we become clear about the answers to those questions, we get to start reprogramming different answers, a different reality. We get to start to reprogram different beliefs that are aligned with creating that, with creating what we desire, with feeling safe to step into more expansion, a bigger version of self, a more abundant life, a life with less struggle. I listened to a podcast the other day actually about you know stepping into more abundance, creating more money in your life, because that is something I'm openly trying to do. And one of 
the points she was walking through in this conversation was, are you willing to live a life with less struggle? And it's one of those questions where you automatically answer, you're like, duh, of course I am. I don't want to struggle. But when you get really still, you think about it. And the majority of us have lived our whole life in this kind of struggle, in this, we're reaching for something, we attain it, maybe we have it for a second, and then we don't have it anymore. It evaporates, whether that be money, whether that be a relationship, whether that be intimacy, right? We have something, we get it, and then we're in this constant existential kink dynamic of, oh, but it feels so good to watch it blow up and struggle and not have it anymore. And now we're struggling to get it back. You know, are you willing for there to be less struggle in your life? Are you willing to actually create what you desire? Because once you get still and really drop in, you'd be so surprised as to what are those things that are holding you back from actually creating it? What part of you actually doesn't want it because it doesn't feel safe because the expansion that it would require of you is scary. And that is so real and that is so true. So beginning to probe gently, compassionately asking yourself those questions. When did I believe that I couldn't have this for the first time? Why do I believe I can't have this? Why does a part of me want to keep myself from having it? Okay. (laughs) So maybe journal those out um, or just meditate on them, but you'll be surprised what you find. Okay. So number four, this is where we start to do the actual reprogramming. And it starts in meditation. It starts in stillness. When we've done the work, done those three previous steps, and we've arrived at some clarity, now we get to sit in stillness and feel, 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 feel (laughs) every day as if you have that thing, as if you have that lifestyle, as if you're living abundantly, as if you're in that relationship. And this is so much more than law of attraction. (laughs) This is so much more than law of attraction. And this is so much more than affirmations on your phone and a screensaver that says you are worthy. You know, like this is so much more. I mean, those things are great. The repetition and the consistency and the devotion to creating new pathways using other tools like that are wonderful. However, the work, the real work is in stillness, in choosing new beliefs, planting new seeds, new beliefs in our mind, in our brain, and tending to those seeds every day, like a plant that you're trying to keep alive, tending to it, watering it, nurturing it, making sure it gets enough sunlight, revisiting these new beliefs, these seeds every single day and sitting in the feeling, not getting up for meditation until you are steeped in that feeling. You are in love with the life that you are creating in every single moment, even if it's not the life that you have when you open your eyes in this exact moment. Without getting too you know, deep into the quantum physics of it, we get to collapse time when we're in our meditation practice. When we are in a theta brainwave state, we are accessing greater amounts of neuroplasticity. We are legitimately rewiring our brain from the inside, rewiring our body from the inside to mimic the life we want to create, the relationship dynamics we want to create. So it is legitimately transforming your life from the inside out. And this is Joe Dispenza stuff. So 
I've talked about him a billion times. If you're interested, Google Joe Dispenza, listen to him on any podcasts, watch him on Gaia. He's amazing. But this is Joe Dispenza, like basic foundations of his work. So again, sitting in stillness, feeling the emotion in your body. What does it feel like? Where does it live? How does that version of you feel without the struggle? How does that version of you feel once you've created this thing that you desire, this thing that is triggering envy inside of you? How does it feel to actually have it, to create it? Because our bodies don't know the difference between feeling an emotion as a result of something that is happening in real time in this moment that we're experiencing right now in 3D versus feeling an emotion that we have cultivated. So we can be in meditation, feeling the emotion from the life that we are creating in every moment, from the life that we desire to live. Our body doesn't know the difference. Our body doesn't know the difference between what is real, like what we can touch right now, right here, and what we are feeling as a result of our creation, as a result of our sitting in stillness and choosing that emotion, choosing to marinate in it. Our body doesn't know. Our mind doesn't know. So choose to sit in the reality of what you desire because it's available to you, just like it was available to that other person that has what you desire, that has created what you want. Just like it's available to them, it's available to you too. Okay. In step number five, final step, woo, we made it. Instead of isolating yourself from those that have what you desire, surround yourself with them. In this, well, I don't know, might sound counterintuitive or might be like, duh, but I think our natural reaction, and I'm just speaking from my own experience, my natural tendency to people who trigger me <laughs> is I'm going to not be around you. And there's a fine line. You know, if it's a toxic person that's triggering you over and over again because of their inability and unwillingness to do the work, different scenario. But for the sake of this conversation, if you're triggered by somebody who has what you want, if you feel envy around a certain person, around their life, around their relationship dynamic, whatever it is, if their life or that person triggers envy in you, I invite you to, well, do the four steps above <laughs> and then choose to surround yourself with them because the more that you are around them, the more permission they're giving to you to create the same thing. And once we step into that reframe of this isn't them having it and I don't get to have it, this is me watching how they created it, the way they live their life that created what I also desire because it's an energy, it's a mindset. It's a embodiment. And the more you're around it, the more you choose to soak it up, the more you choose to learn from it, the more you choose to embrace it, the more it will become a part of who you are, the more you will feel less threatened by it and instead more aligned with it, more in tandem with it. It's no longer that's how they are and you are something different. It's that's how they are. And now it's an invitation for me to also step into that kind of mindset that kind of expansion. So noticing when you want to isolate yourself from these people that have what you desire, because you know we come up with all these reasons why the people that have what we want suck <laughs> because we resent them. And we come up with all these reasons why they're the worst and we don't want to spend time around them. And objectively, maybe some of them are, but in this scenario that I'm talking about where these people are actually just giving you permission to 
create what you desire as well. So instead, choose to surround yourself with them. And then choose to energetically thank them for one, exposing your desires to you and B, exposing that it's possible to you. So yeah, that's the five steps, yo, on how to let envy fuel you, how to metabolize envy and instead let it be a propelling force, a catalyzing force in creating what you desire and creating transformation in your life and surrounding yourself and curating the people that invite you to get bigger, that invite you to expand and choosing to be around them, choosing to make them your tribe. And last thing, as I've been mentioning on every week's episode, my retreat in Tulum is up and live. So all the information is on my website and also on my Instagram. It's linked up. I'm doing an early bird promotion until May 1st for $100 off. So if you are interested, I'm starting to book 15 minute calls with people just to see if the experience is in alignment with them and on their journey and how we can make it work, fit it into their finances fit it into their schedule if it is something that they really want to do. So if it is something that appeals to you, if you're interested, if you want to come spend four days, five nights in a beautiful villa in Tulum and have conversations like this, do work like this, give yourself permission to drop into your body and self-inquire and really tenderly embrace everything you find there so that when you leave, you are ready. You are ready to show up differently. You're ready to show up from the place of these new beliefs, from the place of these beliefs and narratives that serve you and watch the change and transformation that happens in your life and your relationships. So that is it. I will link everything for the retreat in the show notes and I will be back next week. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Bye.